Hey, yo, what the f***? This is a palace right here. And now a word from the President of the United States of America. If you can hear the sound of my voice, then congratulations, you have defeated COVID. It is me, the president of Louisiana, the president of freeing blacks from prison, and you can ask Cam Newton's new owner, Robert Kraft, okay, who has freed more blacks in prison. Was it him, Meek Mill, or Jay-Z, or was it me and Kim Kardashian? Okay, nobody has freed more blacks than me, says Abe Lincoln. Okay, look it up. Look it up. I am also the president of Fox News. And Baron, can you please do me a favor? Can you go on your title, okay, and turn up that Hustlers music on the Bluetooth, okay? Ah, sounds like the art of the deal, all right? And yes, it is the most wonderful time of the year. It is that time where I come from behind, okay? I come from behind the same way I did in 2016 and land a big, a bigly blow to white women the same way I did with Stormy, okay? And unlike LeBron, Bron, Bron James, I can come back from a fourth quarter deficit on any warrior, okay? I'm not talking Steph. I'm not talking Clay. I'm talking Hillary Rodham at gmail.com and her sleepy boy sidekick, sleepy boy Joe Biden, okay? I've been watching House of Cars trying to find a virus, I mean a way for people to vote by not voting. And I must say, Dr. Fauci's second wave idea was impressive, if I do say so myself. Some people say it's oppression. I say it's supreme suppression. Now, before I go hop on Air Force Trump to attend the Proud Boys mixtape release party, I just want you to know that whether I win or whether I win by losing, I will still be president, okay? I am still the mother republicer, okay? So choose wisely. Some of you may not want four years from me, but imagine what I'll do if you only give me three more months. Now go vote for daddy before I make people stop watching your little basketball sports, okay? Shut up and dribble. It's a bunch of us. I'm a hand of colony. Hold on. Everybody on a Martin. Everybody marching for a young nigga like me to get tsunami on it. I'ma get it. I'ma win a baby. I'll be on my curry till I crash a bird. 40 on the Yeah, I'm acting nerdy. If it's at the appellation to the appellation, I'ma do whatever that it takes to make a black nation. Hold on. Is what you just heard in North Carolina voter suppression or protest fatigue? Okay. The First Amendment states Congress shall make no laws respecting an establishment of religion or prohibiting the free exercise thereof or abridging the freedom of speech or of the press or the right of people to peacefully assemble and to petition the government for redress of grievances. So in North Carolina, this organization decided that they wanted to march to the polls to uh, promote voting in the general election. And they were met by the police and the police asked them to disperse and then proceeded to pepper spray the crowd that included uh, children uh, as young as five years old. In the United States of America in 2020, what you have happening is the resemblance of what happened in 
the early 1900s when black men were first avoided, uh, uh, afforded the right to vote, when women were afforded to, the right to vote, and when the civil rights movement happened and black people were afforded the right to vote, there was so much that was going on in terms of like, they would go to the polls and people from the other political parties would uh, approach them with guns. You know what I'm saying? They would beat them. They would hose them and try and do anything in their power to stop these people from voting. And here you are in 2020, you still have the police doing these same things. If two days before an election, two or three days before an election, people are marching to promote the right to vote and the police pepper spray them and that goes around the media, that might prevent some people from going out to vote on election day because they feel like I'm going to have to brave the police, whether it be dogs, hoses, uh, pepper spray, tear gas, or whatever they decide to use if they feel like they want to infringe on my rights. And that is voter suppression in 2020, and it's ridiculous. Okay, so everything you said was brilliant. I want to talk about the here and now about this. Okay, so a racially diverse group of about 200 people walked with a police escort to, uh, you know, to the polls. So first things first, obviously, I'd hate to, you know, take shots at police force. But, yo, this is a botch by the police. You guys, and I'm talking about that police force that's in, uh, this is in North Carolina, correct, Hanif? Correct. Okay, so... There was a police escort with these 200 people that was doing a rally or a protest to encourage people to vote. The police said, F all that, we pepper spraying everybody. That's a botch. That doesn't even, that doesn't even make any sense to me. Now, I say all that, and I'm about to say some rude shit, and black people, please with me on this one. Why in God's name do you need to protest on the day that you are looking to cast your ballot? Is it that serious? Go vote. That's all you have to do. Just go vote. That's it. Go vote. Do you have to put on a pageantry for what? In today, right now, Hanif, over 100 million people have voted already in this country. A hundred million people, or at least close to it. They said it was 86 on uh, this past Wednesday. Today is Sunday. So I don't know. I guess I just want to assume and say it's somewhere between 94 and a hundred million people that have done early casting, I mean, early voting so far. All right. And that's a great thing. That's a great thing. There's nothing wrong with that. However, it is protest fatigue. Do you need to protest your way to the polls? You know what these Trump people doing? They just going to the polls with their Trump flags, their American flags, you know, all that patriotic BS. And I'm not saying that they're better. I'm just saying that, yo, people are just going to go vote and keep it moving. You don't have to go throw flags around, you know what I'm saying, and be like, yo, like, oh my God, we need to go vote. Because look what just happened. People got pepper spray. I just seen the video of an older lady and a rascal just jump up and down. She can't even get up from the rascal in the middle of the street. But you put some pepper spray in somebody's face, you just see somebody doing, no saying, body squats, doing chair squats from, from her rascal. That's rude. That's rude. And I think that in itself is what people are saying. Man, this is some bullshit. But for me personally, I'm just being honest. You didn't have to go do all that. Just go vote. Tuesday's going to decide a lot anyway. Go vote. That's all. Yeah. Did you see where uh, a Trump, I mean, a Biden campaign bus got ran off the road in Texas by Trump supporters? Now, see, now, see, I'm going to be real with you. That's crazy. That's bad. And people should be going to jail for that. What's the difference in what just happened here and what happened in Texas? It's voter intimidation and it's done. It's being done by the state. Hold on. Well, 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 there is a difference. I'll answer your question. Everything you said is fine. You can repeat it. I'm going to answer your question. The difference is someone was pro a group of people had to go march and protest to go vote. The other the other situation in Texas was just a, a group, you know, a, a bus, you said. So this wow. is just a group of people 
going to vote. I get where you're going. The end point is similar because it seems as if people don't want other people to vote. I get that. I, I'm not even, that's not even my argument. My argument is people, do people have to protest to get people to vote when you can just go vote? You just heard what I read with the First Amendment. Like, yes, yes. I know you're entitled. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. I know that you're entitled. We're entitled to do a lot of different things. I'm I'm entitled to be rude as to you if I want to, but that doesn't mean that that's right to do that. It means that you're entitled to do it and you can do it if you want to do it. And then But that doesn't make it right. See, that's what I'm saying. You're giving me the you're giving me a right that's not necessarily right or wrong. It's just it's, it's, it's a spec, it's an opinionated it's an opinionated uh statement that's that's not nah I'm not rolling at all <laughs> I yo I yo why the f- is Philly burning and what are some ideas that my people our people, black folk, can implement to circumvent the mother police. Um, so here I am in Philly, and um, they just released the curfew, but the National Guard is here. Uh, a little less than a week ago, a young man named Walter Wallace Jr. was gunned down by uh, Philadelphia police. Two white police officers shot him. Um, they were responding to um, a call of 911 for a mental health disturbance. And when they showed up, uh, Mr. Wallace did have a knife. Um, and in the altercation, they ended up shooting him about 14 times. And the subsequent reaction was the community was in the uproar and they went out and they started tearing the city up and burning it down. Right. So here we are now under kind of lock and key. Uh, this close to the election. And, you know, what I'm trying to figure out are some things that we can do as a community to prevent the police from coming into our neighborhoods and doing this, because it's going to continuously happen so long as we have to call the police in a lot of instances. And as long as the police don't have the, the proper training in dealing with our communities. So, you know, so one thing that I was thinking was like the men of that community should be able to formulate a coalition mm. to deal with problems like this. You know what I'm saying? If he didn't have a gun, um, he had a knife, he was, you know, causing a disturbance, four or five men could kind of surround him or distract him, try and calm him down, try and get the knife from him, figure out a way to, to, to subdue the situation before the police are called. Uh, the police should have tactical responses where if there's two police officers, one officer distracts him, the other officer attempts to subdue him or get the knife out of his hand, or if they end up having to shoot, you know what I'm saying? Don't shoot 14 times. You know what I'm saying? Uh, I I feel like there's a lack of, you know, uh, communication amongst people in our neighborhoods and we're, we're reactionary. And we should be proactive, but also the police need to, to be accountable as well. You know something? I, I want to talk about what you said as far as the, the tactical procedures that needs to happen with the police. And I also want to talk to you about the people that should be policing us as far as our people, you know? Right. So we were watching, we were watching that hot boxing podcast and we'll get to that in a second later on in this podcast with Mike Tyson and Little Boosie. Right. So think about this for a second and I, I'm once again I'm about to say some controversial type of things but th- I think this is a realistic observation. The people in 2020 that are outside on these streets are Little Boosies. Mm. And it's kind of hard to think about this. It took a Mike Tyson to talk some sense into a man that has made money in this country, but sounds like a, you know, third grader. Let's just keep it real. Little Boosie is not the best talker in the world. With that being said, 
it's going to take, in my opinion, it's going to take a while to ask our soldiers that's in the street that have been groomed to drug deal and, you know, just start crime, start drama to basically reform them and make them our soldiers. That's going to take a while. So that, so let's put that on the shelf for a second. Then the police officers, number one, and I've always said this, and I'm going to stick with this to the day I die. Police officers need to look the part. I want my police officers in Philadelphia looking like two action Jacksons. Okay. Not no normal people that don't go to the gym because those type of people, this is why that stereotype of, Oh, people that be cops are those, those dudes that weren't popular or, you know, no one really with them like that in high school. And they were mad that all the, all the popular people was getting play and all that stuff. So now they got a gun, they got a badge. Now they just mad. And it's, it's some truth behind that number one. And then on top of it, the police force does not train people for self-defense as well as they used to do in the seventies and eighties. Okay. That's number one. And if you don't have people that know hand to hand combat, why are you even giving them a gun? Because all they're going to do is shoot you. Right. That's all they're going to do is shoot you. You're will we're welding a knife running to the cops. Now, I'm not saying that the cops are right. I'm just saying if it was Action Jackson, he would have got that knife out of that hand. No problem. If it was Jennifer Lopez in Enough, she would have got that knife out that man's hand. No problem. Right. Okay? You know what I mean? But we got to go through this bullshit. And the number one thing that we need to change to circumvent this is race relations. You're like, what the does that mean? What I'm saying is Philadelphia, especially in the inner cities, is like, what, 94% black and brown? Really black, to be honest, if you want to be very specific. So that means that that police force, the people, the people, the police officers that are beat walking these streets, whether it's on Broad Street or any other type of street that's in Philly, needs to be Black Americans. Point blank, period. Right. You need to have police officers that can relate to the people that are in that area. Which means if that area is predominantly black, you cannot have two to four white officers beat walking that area. Right. They are using their sensibilities and their, their, uh, their assumptions of the stereotypes of black Americans against, uh, not only against you, but against themselves because their fathers and their father's fathers have been taught to not necessarily fear us, but understand that we could be some type of savage beast, depending how, depending on how angry we are, which we're going to talk about that again with the whole Umi sushi thing and with the guy that was upset when they see us in that anger, they look at us as that gorilla. The bestiology start to come up. So my thing is, I rather have police officers that look like me. I live in Newark, New Jersey. There should only be 11 white cops in Newark, New Jersey. And they should only patrol the block where Whole Foods is at. That's it. That's it. Nowhere else. So... With all that being said, Philly, North, LA, Houston, wherever black Americans rest at on a supreme level, please, please hire more black officers to be in those black areas. If I see, because I'm going to be honest, if a white officer in North New Jersey pull me over, I'm not going to be nice. I'm going to probably get out of my car and start yelling. So obviously, mama, you're going to have to get the funeral money going because I'm going to be mad. Hey, yo, what the f***? This is a pallet right here. Is Kanye West a genius or is easy, easy, easy a great husband? Nothing sad as that day my girl father's passed away, so I promised Mr. Kardashian I'm going to marry your daughter. And you know, I got to thank you for the way that she was brought up. And I know that you were smiling when you seen the car I bought her. 
Yo, tell him. Just... Tell him. <laughs> tell him. I hear you over there. <laughs> Yo, he just got his wife a hologram of her father wishing her a happy 40th birthday. Like, that's crazy. That's amazing. That's like literally, and, and when you watch it, it's like he brought her father back to life from the dead. And it, 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 there's nothing that could top that. You know what I'm saying? So, as far as I can see it, you know what I'm saying? Him and Kim Kardashian are never going to get a divorce. Can, can I ask you one quick question? Just one quick question about that gift. Yeah. So, first of all, that CGI, that CGI presentation was amazing. Amazing, right? I mean, a normal nine to five worker, no disrespect. That's a lot to afford. For sure. That's a that's a lot of weddings. That's like you and four of your friends' weddings all into one. But I want to ask you this real fast, real fast, if I could. So that type of gift you have to give to a wife that has been devoted to you. Yes, like that's not a gift you can give to a girlfriend of like maybe a year or two. Because I, I personally feel like I've met women in my life that don't like poetry. They don't like um, you know, like those type of sentimental type of gifts. Like it has to be a tangible. Right. Like if I gave a woman a CGI f- clip of her father, I feel as though she would have been like, why you just can't give me some money? I'm just asking. I'm, just, I'm sorry. I'll, I'll back up now. I mean, it's it's a sentimental gift. And absolutely. Like, I, I feel like him and Kim have been married. They've been through a lot. They, you know, what I mean, I, I feel like when you see them and when you listen to how Kim talks, you know, what I'm saying I watched a recent interview with her and David Letterman, like there's a genuine love there. So for us on the outside looking in, when they first got together, we were kind of thinking, oh, that's the Kardashians. They keep going after black men and all of this, that, and the third. But Kanye West genuinely loves that woman and she genuinely loves him back and they have a family. So this was probably the perfect gift that he could give. And and then you you the, the age old question is, what do you give to the person that has everything? You know what I'm saying? This is it. You know what I'm saying? He could have he could have bought her a, a new car or a new house or something like this, but this was a thoughtful gift that I think was amazing. I think even what was even more touching about it is that he invited her brothers and sisters as well. Word. So that even made it even more deep, even more sentimental, and it showed cohesiveness in that the you know the next generation of that Kardashian family. Absolutely. Um, what about him as a genius, though? I know you want to talk about that as well. Yeah, so, you know, I watched him talk on the Joe Rogan podcast. And, you know, when he was discussing his ideas in terms of, you know, uh, implementing farming, uh, new ways to educate children, uh, new ways to kind of look at issues that we have in this world dealing with poverty, um, I feel like Kanye is very thoughtful. He's very futuristic in his thinking. And if his ideas can come to fruition, um, it'll do great things for humanity. It ain't, it, it's not going to be one of those things where he's making investments and in, in ideas to enrich himself. He's looking to change the trajectory of humanity. And I feel like there's a certain level of, of being a visionary, uh, for you to be able to actually see that. And then I'm rooting for him to actually put it into practice so that we can see the world change for the better. Let me ask you this. As Kanye, what I asked, but Kanye looks at himself or maybe we look at Kanye West as a visionary. Do you look at Kanye West as a visionary? I do. Okay. My question to you is this. Because you're very deep as far as knowing social science, political science. So let me ask you this. Do you believe that the last five presidents are visionaries? Do you look at any one of them as visionaries? Even Trump. Like, so Trump, Barack, Bush, Bush, Clinton. Well, Clinton, Bush. Do you look at them as visionaries? I, I don't, know. Okay, so I want to I wanna put something out there. Albert Einstein uh Socrates these are visionaries Elon Musk visionaries right yeah. I've never met a visionary that got to be a president or a leader sure 
they got to be a genius in their right, in their own right, because geniuses are very philosophical. They have a lot of thoughts. And the only one thing that that screws up visionaries a little bit, because it did wonders for Stephen Hawkins. But the issue is, is that there's not a lot of tangibles going on. Right. So Kanye West talks about how he's building a monastery that will be the future of monastery. Like, yo, dog, no one wants to hear that right now. But I wouldn't mind hearing this monastery that you have right now where only your two kids go to or two or three kids. Well, I think the third one is a baby still. So the two kids go to and it's only the two kids, you and the teacher and the chef. That's it. What the hell is this? You know, you want to put together a gospel university, which would be flaw, but still it's just an idea. You're a Deadpool for God. I don't even know what that means. I need to talk to Ryan Reynolds. He played the character. I don't know what that means. He also talked about his 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 discrepancies with Universal, um, with Universal, the, the, the music label. So he's upset at the fact that labels will never give up distribution. And in my mind, I'm like, uh, yeah, that's what's keeping them rich. The one thing about rap and R&B artists, really rap artists, and this is why even in my time being a rap artist, I used, yo, this is what got me off of social media because if the people that are, necess- are necessarily, the people that are your friends or your followers are usually people that know you on a day-to-day basis. Those people already seen your energy love your energy, dislike your energy. You don't need to talk to them anymore. You need to talk to new people, new people outside of your local area. Because realistically, if you are somebody that is popping in your local area, you, my friend, are about to blow up. Because you're going to catch real heat. Not that like wrestling heat where that's bad. I'm talking about heat as in you about to be hot. Um, Yo, like, yo. Think about the whole Fetty situation. Now, Fetty wasn't a local artist that blew up locally, but Jersey did get on his back once they found out that this dude had the biggest hit, and that helped him. I mean, he even though Fetty Wap is not, like, big time right now, but in his time, those years, you know, like a few years back, he had four songs in the top ten. Only Michael Jackson did that shit. You know what I'm saying? It's like, yo, imagine Big Sean could have been even bigger if Detroit would have embraced him. But now he has to jump on a label to get national recognition because Big Sean knows that, you know, he's bigger than what he than people would try to put him out to be. So, you know, just a lot of ideas that Kanye has and I, I respect it. You know what I mean? Even talking about Black History Month is a program. I, I agree with you 100%, Kanye. You know what I mean? Like a lot of things that he says... I actually agree with the biggest problem with Kanye, in my opinion, as far as like, well, first of all, let's just answer the question. He's a great husband. He is one hell of a genius. I can't vote him to be my president yet because he don't speak too good. That is the number one thing that is going to with Kanye moving forward in this country, because for some reason, for some reason, we like people that are articulate. Think about that for a second. We 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 bash Bush because Bush don't talk too good. We bash Trump because he don't talk too good. Barack Obama? Oh, we love that. I think Kanye might be a little short-sighted with being wanting to be president, but he could work in conjunction with the government to implement some of his ideas. I think Kanye West would be great at being the head of websites and technology in America. There's a department of websites and technology. You should let Kanye work that cabinet, in my opinion. You know, but as far as him being a president, I mean, if you want to give me an album that says Kanye West 2020 or Kanye West 2024, well, I'm buying it. Because realistically, as, as a visionary that has tangibles, there's three things that he has conquered very well. Well, two and a half because the monastery thing is still up in the air, but I'm going to give it, I'm going to throw that one in there out of respect. You know what I'm saying? Music, of course, and fashion. However you look at those Yeezys, the point is, those are a multi-million dollar shoe right now that I will not wear, by the way.
Should Mike Tyson be a therapist? So, Hanif, you asked me to watch Hotboxing, this Hotboxing podcast that Mike Tyson has with Little Boosie. So I just want to let you know, not only did I watch that one, I watched the Benzino, the Michael Rappaport, the Joe Button one, the Snoop Dogg one. Yo, Mike Tyson is a monk now. I did not know that. He is no longer a pit bull, which my blackness doesn't like that because I feel like the the post hangover with Mike Tyson, he's not as threatening as he used to be. And I, I need Mike Tyson to be threatening. But that's okay, though. You know, Mike Tyson is making money off being a monk. If you watch the episode with Mike Tyson and Little Boosie, first of all, I look at Mike Tyson as obviously a personal trainer. But then I thought about it. I never really hear him talk about personal training. But I definitely hear him talk about his life experiences, where he has gone right where he has gone wrong, where he has gone extra wrong, you know? And the fact that he's not only, you know, uh, evolved from all those triumphs and losses, the fact that he's learned something and can share that to, let's be honest, there's a group of black celebrities, young black celebrities that are, you know, in our generation or even a little younger that needs male guidance. Sure. You know, whether you had a father in your life or you didn't, there's still a lack of fatherhood because some of the older men that have, you know, that are a little older than us, they still need guidance. Unfortunately, it's just a true, it's, it's a true observation. You know, it is what it is. And Mike Tyson can be that older uncle father figure, in my opinion, that a lot of our hood brothers and sisters need. Hell, honestly, some of the professional selves like myself. I wouldn't mind having a session, having a, I don't want to say a therapy session, but having a hot boxing session with Mike Tyson. Definitely going to roll up a fat blunt, you know what I mean? Fat <laughs> blunt or something. And we just talking and we just bobbing. Ah, yo, Mike Tyson, yo, this dude is incredible. I mean, he's done a, a bullshit Broadway play that brought him money. He's been in cam a lot of cameos in movies. Uh, he did, what, one of those roasting things on Comedy Central. Mike Tyson is a bona fide American celebrity. What say you? Absolutely. Um, you know, what I noticed is he's an he's a evolved human being. And what we saw and what we loved about Mike Tyson was his ferocity. You know what I'm saying? We marveled at him. You know what I'm saying? Telling people, I'm going to eat your kids. I'm going to make you love me. You know what I'm saying? When he bit Holyfield's ear. And, you know, when you look at him today, he's, he's totally evolved and he used all of those experiences to make him a better person. And he's still Mike Tyson, though, because in that conversation with Boosie, you can hear him checking Boosie like, yo, bro, you know what I'm saying? I, I know what you're about. I know who you are. I could see you. You know what I'm saying? I done did it, you know what I'm saying, all to the fullest. But I'm telling you where you want some bullshit. You know what I'm saying? And I feel like only Mike Tyson, you know what I'm saying? Only a select few men from the streets could approach other men from the streets to get them to sit there and listen and, and take heed. Especially you know when it's Mike Tyson. I mean, I'm not to cut you off, but especially when it's Mike Tyson. Because if Mike Tyson get up... <laughs> get mad, you know what I'm saying? Like... Yeah, Boosie sat there, he listened, you know what I'm saying? And, and, and if you think about it, and I don't know if it was a, as a result of Mike Tyson, but um, Boosie actually had a conversation with Dwayne Wade and his daughter um, about the whole situation. And he now refers to her as a her. And, you know, he apologized for everything that was going on. So along with... You know, Mike Tyson talking to him, his mother talking to him. Boosie has evolved um, his point of view on the situation. And I think, you know, Mike Tyson, uh, that conversation held a pivotal role in all of that. Hey, yo, what the f***? This is a palace right here. And now we have Hanif Sowell, the senior correspondent of the Light Skin Delegation. Wait, what the f*** is that? Light Skin Delegation? <laughs> 
We, the light-skinned delegation slash coalition slash network, are asking Clifford T.I. Harris to cease and desist all social justice initiatives effective immediately. We have spoken with the dark-skinned delegation and agreed that Killer Mike is the official spokesperson for Atlanta and all delegations until further notice. The recent incident at Umi Sushi in Buckhead, where a black man was denied entry into a restaurant because he had on a pair of white Air Force Ones that did not meet their dress code. As we all know in the black community, a fresh pair of white Air Force Ones is proper attire for weddings, baby showers, funerals, proms, job interviews, and any other formal events that calls for business casual dress. Although we stand in solidarity with the gentleman, he was an embarrassment to himself, his wife, and the community by going on an tirade when he should have been patronizing black businesses to begin with. T.I. jumped the gun without informing the delegation and made amends with the restaurant owner without our permission. And now his membership hangs in the balance, pending the outcome of his versus battle with Young Jeezy and a fair fight with Funkmaster Flex. No further questions at this time. Pushes through crowd. Can anybody in motherfucking Atlanta tell me why can't black people wear Air Force Ones to upscale restaurants? Are you kidding me? And why the is T.I., yeah, you T.I., Clifford, I know you, trying to be removed from Hanif's light skin delegation? Take it away. All right, so this is about the story in Atlanta, Buckhead, uh, Umi Sushi's, where a black couple was attempting to go have dinner at a restaurant and they were not um, allowed to eat at the restaurant because the husband had on some white Air Force Ones and they didn't want that in the establishment. Um, So as the event went on, they noticed that a white woman was sitting there with some Stan Smith Adidas and she was allowed to eat. So the husband kept on trying to prove his point to which they got escorted out the restaurant and then the owner came and then they had an altercation with the owner and the owner flat out said, I don't want white air, I don't want Air Force Ones in my establishment and that's it and it's over. And the husband, you know, kept trying to plead his case. And this is where I started to get because I'm like, bruh, bruh, they don't want you there. So stop trying to appeal to them. I felt like if the owner would have came out and was like, oh, don't worry about it. You can go in the restaurant. He would have kissed his ass right there on the spot. You know what I'm saying? And I'm like, yo, have some dignity. You know what I'm saying? In the normal circumstances, you'd be like, yo, you don't want me to eat here and you're discriminating against me. I see somebody got sneakers on and you're not letting me in because I got sneakers on. I bet I'm out. I'll go share that with my community. We'll boycott this and have it shut down in a month or two. You know what I'm saying? That should have been the approach. And if he's being, he's being honest, he had on a sweatsuit. You know what I'm saying? So he wasn't properly dressed to go to the spot anyway. But I'm going to ride with him because he's black. And the fact that they were discrim- they were actually discriminating against him. And we all know in the black community that Air Force Ones are, uh, you know, proper attire for certain events. No, tell them all the events that Air Force Ones are acceptable to in our community, honey. But don't know this they gotta learn yo we hit all right so yeah you can wear air force ones to a wedding yep um shout out to my man tiger hood who who had on some nice air force ones and some pastel colored pants at a wedding this past summer you know what i'm saying (laughs) you can wear them to a funeral you know what i'm saying i believe my little brother wore wore white pants and white air force ones to my great grandmother's funeral um that's a lot baby showers Mm -hmm. job interviews any event that's classified as formal Air Force Ones are acceptable attire. You know what I'm saying? So for the, the owner to actually know the culture, because he like, y'all got some off-whites on, uh, you know what I'm saying, Jordan Retros, like, you know the culture. So you know what Air Force Ones mean. You was just being a d-head. So for T.I., here's where he comes in. His wanted to go jump the gun and sit down and make amends with the owner. Like, nah, bro, keep that same energy. We, we done with this restaurant. It's a wrap because you don't get to disrespect us more than one time. You know what I'm saying? So T.I. needed to sit down and wait for his services to be asked for and needed. And then he needs to come and sit down with us as a community to decide how we're going to approach the situation. Don't give that man no platform to apologize. And, and some half 
apology when he know he knew better. You know what I'm saying? And he not even white, he Arab. But still, it's still, f- you know, disrespectful to our community. And T.I. did some bullshit and he's going to be sat down and talked to by the delegation. You know, everything you said was 100%. And just because I heard that he's an Arab, I am not going to no chicken shacks for two months. <laughs> no kill breasts, motherfucker. I ain't buying that. You're now with all that being said, you said everything righteously, correctly. Bravo to you. I just want to talk about the black brother, if I can, for at least one minute. First of all, I believe the man name is Steve. Look, okay. listen. Steve, I understand that you're mad because Alana Karen had her Adidas on. She was drinking, having a good time. I get why you're mad. However, as a fashionista, I must, must admit to you, I would have kicked you out too, mother. What is that ugly ass gray sweatshirt you got on with these black sweatpants and your, yo, I ain't even gonna lie, the cleanest part of the outfit was the Air Force Ones. Like, yo, what the f***? Like, how, d- dog, like, no. You you do that sh- at the laundromat in your hood. I'm not saying that you got to sit here, get all dressed up and cute for a sushi bar. But if you've been there multiple times, like they said in the article, then you already know this sh- You just thought you could just come in there like you just left the gym and I could just walk in a sushi place. And on top of it, it's a sushi place. Why the f*** are you begging hard for some f- raw fish it is not that serious, yo. Go to f- Texas Longhorn Steakhouse, get some real f- food, yo. I don't need no shrimp tempura. F- that. What is wrong with us, yo? What is wrong with us? Hanif said on Facebook that black people understand nuances. This right here should show you that we f- don't. Right. We don't. <laughs> we. F- like this is your fault black people like what the f- like really shrimp tempura you fighting over shrimp tempura take your f- home yo you don't even you're not you don't even you are not allowed to go outside you're grounded by the late night flight mother and and and, and your if this is your wife i don't even know if she's cute or not but your wife needs to be my wife mother because first of all if she hung out with me she would never be turned around in any restaurant promise you that Ooh. Promise <laughs> you that mother. <laughs> Is there a difference between how you approach friendships with men versus women? Yo, all right. So I'm going to give our listeners a little peek behind the curtain. So today is Sunday. You're probably going to you're probably probably listening to this Monday or Tuesday, but hear me out. So Saturday, I told Hanif this story. So I'm going to tell it again because it's based on the trying to have uh, plutonic friendships with men and women and how you approach these plutonic relationships. Or more importantly, I'm going to a place to seek out male friendships. So I'm going to give you this story You let me know, the listener, if this is something that men should do, okay? So hear me out. I go to this bar. It's in Bloomfield. It's called Ash Bar and Grill or some like that. Not and some like that. I'm sorry. Ash Bar and Grill. It's in Bloomfield. So, you know, I'm having a little cabin fever. This happened this past Thursday. Wanted to watch the Thursday night football game. I'm just, you know, I'm a little bored. I'm not going to lie. I'm a little lonely. And I'm also little. So anyway, I just go, right? Now, I go to the door. There is no security guard. So with that being said, I obviously just, you know, walk through the door, went right to the bar, had a seat, about to order a drink. Now, I didn't want to tell you that this security guard is black, but for purposes of this story, he's black. So he taps me on the shoulder. He says, excuse me, uh, did you get, you know, did you get patted down? I said, no, no, no one's at the door. So he says to me, well, I'm going to need you to get up out your seat, walk back over here so I can come pat you down. So I just looked at him and it was like, oh, so 
this is how we talking to each other. Okay. So I walked over back to the door, you know, put my arms up, you know, so he can pat me. And I asked him, I said, hey, let me just ask you a question. You thought that was the right thing to say to me like that? Just to ask me to come back to pat me down? So he was like, what? What you saying? I said, yo, why are you talking to me like I'm some third grade kid as if I just got out of line and you telling me to go all the way back to the corner to go do it again? I, I don't want to be talked to like that. I'm a grown up. So he was like, hey, yo, my man, ain't nobody talked to you like that. I said, nah, you definitely talked to me like that. And if I recorded it, you would have heard yourself. So I think people kind of saw our back and forth, but it was a verbal back and forth. I don't think it was something like where I caused the scene or he caused the scene. It was just, you know, a misunderstanding. We had an understanding. I went back and took a seat. So 10, 15 minutes later, one of the bartenders who were, they were pretty cute. They look good. You know, I would have dated one. I would have dated one of them. So she says to me, hey, uh, sir, the gentleman uh, a couple seats down wants to buy you a drink. So, you know, I turned to the left to see who the person was. It's an old Caucasian man. I mean, old. I'm Joe Biden old, definitely. Waves his hand at me and I immediately look at the bartender and say, oh, nah, I don't want none of this motherfucking strength. Don't, don't that, no. <laughs> so he gets up and walks over to me and he says to me, look, you know, I don't know if that was weird or not, but I, I just wanted you to know that I saw what happened to you and the security guard and I feel as though that he, he, he was very unfair to you. So I looked at him. And I look, you know, because when people talk to me in bars, I still look straight. I won't look at your face. I may just look straight. So I was still looking straight when he said this to me. And as I took a drink, I replied, well, hey, man, he's just doing his job. So then he says extra stuff. He says, no, he wasn't like that with other people. It, 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 he, he only acted like that when you got here. And I don't know why he would do that to you. I mean, look at you. You seem professional. Look at the way you dress. You in shape. Like he was giving me all these compliments that I would want a woman to give me one. And I just dove off. I got mad. Like I stayed in for five more minutes and left. Right. So for me, when, you know, these male friendships, like especially plutonic male friendships, for me, it's just like, yo, when I'm at the gym and we talking about going out and dudes hear our conversation, they like, yo, you going to a lobby? Oh, nah, I might be there tonight. I'm cool with that. But really trying to go out to seek a plutonic male friendship. Yo, look how my man just sat here and approached me. I feel like he approached me like like on some cuckold. I wasn't feeling it. Wow. I was not feeling it. I do not want any man buying me a drink. The only man can buy me a drink is like, you know, my, my, my team, my circle. Like we all like, yo, there's a rule with buying men drinks. If they're next to you and that's your homeboy, you can buy him a drink. But if you are over here sending drinks to me, because first of all, men, no disrespect, I'm not trying to say like I, I would want this, but men send bottles to each other. You know what I mean? Like like sports players and, and, and like and music artists, like that's a sign of respect. They in the same club, boom, throw that bottle over there. Oh, that's my man. We about to do a song together. What's up, Chris? You know, that's that type. And, and mind you, it's a play of money because when you spending four or $500 just to send a bottle over, that's, a you know, it's some more gravitas to that. But if you over here just want to buy me a mixed drink or a shot, like, I'm worried. Like, don't don't do that to me. What say you? Um, I think we need to normalize men being able to buy other men drinks. Um, in that fashion, right? Because whatever his intention was, and I feel like, you know, you learned what his intention was when he came over and he started to try and compliment you or whatever. But... You know, at the very same token, that could have been a networking opportunity. That could have been a business opportunity that because you felt like he was hitting on you, uh, it, it got squandered. You know what I'm saying? But you also control the situation. So even if he was flirting or trying to get your attention in that way, you could politely be like, yo, bro, like, it's not my thing. You know, I appreciate it. That's not my thing. And keep it moving. Now... I understand completely that as men, black men specifically, that that's a no-no, right? That sort of behavior is looked at as, you know, it's frowned upon in our community. But I feel like we need to normalize it because there's always opportunities to meet new people, build relationships. And you are, I'm, like I said, you are in total control of 
how you deal with people. So it shouldn't be anything where you feel like, you know, I, I'm going to lead him on or he's going to try something. That, that's gonna <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, I got um, you. And I feel like just even with women, I feel like we need to normalize approaching people platonically from the beginning anyway. If, if there's a woman that you want to pursue and, you know, you feel like you're, you're wanting to go that route and you, you want to take that stance, then fine. But I feel like I should be able to go to the bar, see if a woman is sitting there alone and I'm alone and I want to have a conversation with her. I should be able to say, hey, uh, let me get your next round and let's have a conversation. I should be able to do that with a man, too, and it, and it not be weird. I just want to say something on the woman's perspective. So, if you remember the classic love movie, Boomerang, David Allen Greer was running around telling his family, his mother and father, John Witherspoon and the other lady, I said the other lady, and the lady, his wife. I know she's from somewhere. I just don't remember where she's from. Like, what show she's from. His wife, that John Witherspoon's wife, on Boomerang. Remember when he had like the mushroom, you know, he had the mushroom outfit on, he was having sex with his wife in the bathroom, in uh, Eddie Murphy's bathroom on Thanksgiving? What's it? Um, I just don't remember who she was. Like, I know she was on TV before. I just don't remember who her, what her name is and what show she was on. But anyway, let me, you know, I'm wasting time. My apologies, America. But remember, David Allen Greer was telling the, his parents that him and Holly Berry were just friends, right? You said that plutonic bull. You know you wanted her, but you wanted to say we're just friends. And what happens that Thanksgiving night? She ran around and Eddie Murphy at the house. She didn't give a see. This woman already knew who she wanted to in the first place, which was Eddie. This diabolical pretty woman in Boomerang dated her friend. I mean, her friend. Eddie Murphy's friend, who was David Allegria, just so she can get even closer to Eddie Murphy. So in my opinion, Hanif, I ain't f-ing with that plutonic woman bullshit. You know what I'm saying? Unless you are strictly being plut- like, yo, I have a podcast. Well, we have a podcast. I have no problem with meeting women and letting them know that I have a podcast out. And please, you know, I ain't saying you got to support me, but yo, just take a listen. Seven minutes, eight minutes, just give it a listen. I know it's good. But as far as meeting a woman in a bar or the gym, and if I'm attracted to her, man, fuck all that. It's a friendship. It's, it's all of that. I need all of that. I'm not trying to build some bullshit friendship with you to see if I like you. Nah, dog, we ain't doing that because you ain't going to holly berry me, dog. We finding this out right now. <laughs> hey, yo, what the fuck? This is a pallet right here. 